to another episode of Hoopsology. I am Matt Thomas, and today I am running the podcast solo. I did this a couple months back, I think, and we're under similar situations. Justin had to take this weekend off for some things he's taking care of, so shout out to my co-host, Justin. I will do my best without him. We are going to cover a lot of the normal headlines that we would cover. We're going to have a lot of talk about what's trending lately. We're going to talk about some of the drama off of the court, of course. And there is a lot of that to talk about this week with courtside Karen and whatnot that happened. And also players basically expressing their displeasure at the news of the All-Star Game actually taking place in person. So there's a lot to get to today. Um, so let's get right into it and let's look at our trending teams. So in the Eastern Conference this week, and I am recording this on a Saturday night, we have the Milwaukee Bucks are your only trending up team in the Eastern Conference. They have won their last four games. When we look at the Teams that are trending down, the Pistons have lost their last three. They are a frequent visitor of this side of the list, unfortunately. The Cleveland Cavaliers have dropped to 10th place. They have also lost their last three games. When we look at streaking teams in the West, we've got the Jazz lost a game this week, but then they won their next three. So they had that 11-game win streak going. They lost a game, but then bounced back right away and made it back into our trending list for this week. The Lakers have won their last three. The Kings have won their last three. Um, And the Pelicans have won their last three. So when we look at the standings overall, uh, we still have the 76ers riding the top spot in the Eastern Conference at 17 and 7. The Bucks are next at 15 and 8. Celtics are 12 and 9. The Brooklyn Nets are fourth at 14 and 11. And then you have a lot of teams with a very close, just over, just under 500 record from the five seed down. Um, And the East still kind of echoing previous trends that we've seen. You know, now that we're past 20 games in the season, that's that's a good amount of games to look at. So uh, the Hawks at the sixth seed are 11 and 12. So we have a lot of teams in the East with losing records. That tends to be a trend every year, which is one of the many reasons that we often say the, the West is the Western Conference, uh, not just the Western Conference, because uh, as we'll see here, the the Rockets moving to the West, they are ninth right at 500 at 11 and 11. So pretty big difference there. But when we look at the top of the Western Conference to compare that to the East, the Jazz are still sitting at top at 18 and 5. The Lakers are right behind them in the second seed at 17 and 6. The Clippers are right behind them at 17 and 7. And the Phoenix Suns, then the list kind of drops off, and the Suns are fourth at 12 and 9. Just haven't played quite as many games as those other teams. So there are your trending teams for the week. Let's talk about some quick headlines next. And the first one is that it looks like the Knicks, 
The Tom Thibodeau-coached Knicks are looking to acquire Derrick Rose. This is a team that could use some scoring at the point guard position. I'm curious to see what kind of package they'll put together that will interest the Pistons. Maybe some draft picks if they have them. I would have to check on that, to be honest. Um, But we have two kind of very young teams, but a Knicks team that right now is sitting... Let's see here. Forgive me. They are sitting at the seven seed as it stands right now. And I would imagine this is a team that very much wants to be in the playoff picture this year since they haven't made the playoffs in a while. And this year we do have that play-in tournament. So if you are 10th or above, you've got a shot at making the playoffs. Uh, In my opinion, this, this might be a bad move for the Knicks to make a move for Derrick Rose. Nothing is official yet. It is just confirmed basically on both sides that they are speaking with one another and looking to make a deal. Derek Rose and the Pistons, where he currently plays, have agreed that it would be a mutually beneficial deal for him to move on. Looking at some gameplay, we had some career highs from some of our star players in the league. So Jokic had himself a very nice week in spite of some losses for the Nuggets. He scored 50 on the 5th, February 5th, Friday night, which was his career high. Two nights before that, he had his career high until that point at 47 points. Um, This game this past Friday against the Kings, He had 50 points and 12 assists. Crazy stat line there. He was the first player to score 50, or the first big, I should say, to score 50 points and 10 or more assists since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did that back in 1975. So some crazy numbers there. Some awesome gameplay for him. I know my buddy Josh, friend of the show, is rooting for Jokic to win the MVP. He right now is the third pick behind LeBron James and Joel Embiid uh, as far as kind of the the general media consensus of the MVP voting at this point. But we'll see. With performances like this, maybe he'll bump himself up. Luka Doncic also had a career high just tonight, um, scored 42 points in his game and, and landed his career high. So... There are some uh, high-scoring performances, some career highs from the week that we just saw. Let's move into our next topic, which is the fan voting. We had our first return of All-Star Fan Voting that um, came out on Thursday. And here's what we saw. So not not too surprising, um, Kevin Durant led the total votes for all all players on the list. LeBron James was second. Usually he leads the total voting, but let's look at it. So we have this categorized a top 10 for Eastern Conference and Western Conference, front court players, as well as guards. So 20 players total on the list here. So of course, our guards, our point guards, our shooting guards, and front court can be small forward, power forward, or center. They're all kind of grouped together there. So let's look at the front court in the Eastern Conference. We have in the top spot, Kevin Durant. Next, Giannis Antetokounmpo from Milwaukee. Joel Embiid is third. Again, this is fan voting. 
in Philadelphia with about one and a half million votes. Jason Tatum is fourth. Big drop off here. Uh, 800,000 votes, 822,151 to be precise. Fifth, we have Jimmy Butler. Sixth, Bam Adebayo. Both of those are Heat players. Seventh, from the Indiana Pacers, Demontas Sabonis. Eighth, Julian Julius, excuse me, Randall from the New York Knicks. Ninth, Gordon Hayward from the Charlotte Hornets. And tenth, Jeremy Grant from Detroit. So nothing too shocking from that list. I guess maybe just if if you'd been watching the games, if if you knew kind of what was going on, Jimmy Butler did miss a lot of time at the start of the season. So It's no surprise to me that he's getting a lot of votes because he is a fan favorite. He is a former all-star. He uh, is is a very talented player as well and deserving of of an all-star position as far as his talent level is concerned. Um, You wonder how that missed playtime might affect him in um, actually making the team, you know, probably as a reserve, but he may be on the borderline considering he missed some of that time. So let's move on to the guards in the East. At the top spot, we have Bradley Beal, who is leading the league in scoring. We have Kyrie Irving at a solid second. Uh, Both of those players getting over a million votes. Uh, Third position, James Harden from Brooklyn. Fourth position, Jalen Brown from the Celtics. Fifth, interestingly, getting less votes than Jason Tatum, his teammate from the Celtics, even though Jason Tatum has missed more time than Jalen Brown. Uh, And I would argue Jalen Brown has had the better season because of that. Um, Fifth place, we have Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls. Sixth place, Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks. I'm surprised he's not a little bit higher on this list. Seventh, Colin Sexton from Cleveland. Eighth, Derek Rose from Detroit. Ninth, Russell Westbrook from Washington. Tenth, Ben Simmons from Philadelphia. I personally would put Ben Simmons higher than both Derek Rose and Russell Westbrook just based on how well the Sixers are performing and well, especially for both of those teams, Derek Rose's Detroit Pistons and Russell Westbrook's Washington Wizards. I mean, those teams' performances have been pathetic. Let's not pull any punches. I mean, they're the bottom tier teams of the Eastern Conference. Um, Yeah, and that's all I have to say about that. So let's, let's talk about the top vote getters in the Western Conference, starting with the front court. LeBron James leads all vote getters in the West, followed by Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets, Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers, Anthony Davis, teammate of LeBron James from the Los Angeles Lakers, Paul George, teammate of Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers. Then we have kind of a surprise, I I guess not by name recognition, but by performance and certainly team performance. We have Zion Williamson in the sixth slot. Uh, Let me read off the rest of the names, and then I'll tell you why I think this is kind of weird. Seventh, Andrew Wiggins from the Golden State Warriors. Eighth, Christian Wood. Go Christian Wood from the Houston Rockets. Brandon Ingram is ninth from the New Orleans Pelicans. And then tenth is Carmelo Anthony from the Portland Trailblazers getting the veteran nod there, the fan vote. His his numbers clearly, I, I don't think Carmelo Anthony is going to be in the all-star game itself. Um, 
So this is strange with Zion Williamson being kind of leapfrogging his teammate Brandon Ingram. Um, when you look at the numbers here, I mean, Zion averages 24 with seven boards and two assists. And Brandon Ingram averages 23, five and five. I, I think Brandon Ingram has just been a much bigger part of the Pelican's success to this point compared to Zion Williamson. But Zion Williamson is, he, he just has all that shine on him, all that potential, and certainly the potential is there. But I think it's a little premature to put him ahead of his teammate, Brandon Ingram. Uh, that, that leapfrogging on the court hasn't happened uh, quite yet. But in any case, good for him. Um, let's move forward with the guards. And leading the guards of the Western Conference is Steph Curry, followed by Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks, then followed by Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. So this uh, this kind of confirms that probably Justin's list of starters is what's going to happen, you know, based on the fan vote. I was kind of pulling for a Stephen Curry, Dame Lillard backcourt for the West All-Star, but it looks like Luka Doncic, I mean, with his insane numbers. I mean, 29, or I'm sorry, 27, nine and nine, almost averaging a triple double at almost 30 points per game. Uh, I mean, the numbers are there. This isn't too surprising to me, but personally, I'd prefer to see Damian Lillard at that second spot. For one thing, the Mavs are sitting at 14th in the West, whereas the Trailblazers are sitting at seventh place in the West. So, um, you know, just based on that, I would kind of give Damian Lillard the edge. They both have, they both carry a huge load for each of their teams. So I think that argument is maybe a wash or maybe you side with Damian Lillard a little bit on that side of the argument since Portland has had more injuries than Dallas, but Dallas has also had their share, of course, with Porzingis being out at the start of the season, etc. cetera. Uh, moving on in fourth place, John Morant, a big, big leap for John Morant. I mean, he jumps over Donovan Mitchell, who is next on the list from Utah. And Utah is um, the best team in the NBA right now, at least by the record. Devin Booker is in sixth place from Phoenix. Then his teammate, Chris Paul, is seventh place from Phoenix. CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard's teammate on Portland, is in eighth place. Shai Gilgis Alexander from Oklahoma City, big vote get for him. He he will most certainly be a future all-star. He is ninth place. And then 10th place, one of the reasons that maybe we should uh, take back the weight that we give to the fan vote on the all-star game stars. 10th place, Clay Thompson has almost 100,000 votes. He, of course, has not played a minute this season. He had that unfortunate um, injury that that has kept him out, that Achilles injury. So um, there are our initial fan votes, fan vote tallies and placement. Uh, one thing you might have noticed is that Rudy Gobert isn't on that front court list for the Western Conference. It's interesting. I mean, he he's averaging, I believe, um, like 14 and 11. Let me pull that up to be accurate here. I'm sorry, 13, 14, and one as far as his offensive numbers go there. So 
This is typically the way voting goes is when a player doesn't score above 20 points per game, they're not going to get a huge fan vote, uh, traditionally speaking anyway. So it doesn't surprise me too much that Gobert isn't on this list. You know, fans aren't, especially casual fans, aren't typically watching the game for defense and rebounding, and those are his specialties, and his offensive game is not flashy at all. I mean, the the complete opposite of that. Uh, I mean, aside from the occasional, you know, put-back dunk off of a rebound, no flash to that game. So no surprises there. Um, But you could argue that, you know, the Jazz deserve to have two players based on being the best team in the league to this point. I, I could understand that argument, and maybe he gets in through a coach's vote or something like that. So there is your all-star fan voting. And Justin and I were planning to talk about all-star reserves this weekend. We will do that next weekend when he is back on the show. All right. So let's move on to our next topic, just plowing right through here. And let's move on to some weird drama that happened off the court. I've got two stories for you guys. And we'll start easy. We'll start light. We'll start with the simpler story, which is the beef that happened on February 2nd between Clay Thompson and retired NBA player Glenn Big Baby Davis. So basically, the Warriors just laid the smackdown on the Pistons. It was a 118 to 91 victory for the Warriors. Rodney Magruder of the Pistons was jawing at some Warriors players after the game. And Clay Thompson had some comments where he said that Rodney Magruder was probably just mad that he, quote, might be out of the league soon, end quote. There was also uh, some trash talk between Wayne Ellington and uh, of the Detroit Pistons and Golden State's Draymond Green. Uh, but that really doesn't have anything to do with this beef. Um, and so Clay Thompson posted an Instagram post kind of just highlighting or summarizing the initial beef, I guess. And Glenn Davis replied in the comments with, quote, saying S, you know what, like that. I see why he stay hurt. Karma, end quote. And he ended that with a facepalm emoji. So, of course, Clay Thompson has had a really bad string of luck. He probably has the highest Q rating in the league, meaning that he's arguably the most likable player in the entire NBA. So I'm not sure what Glenn Davis is thinking with these comments. I mean, yeah, I guess it's not nice for... Clay to say that Rodney Magruder might be out of the league soon. But when you're trash talking after you just lost a game by 27 points, I mean, it's, it's not a great look, uh, just in general. So, um, anyway, Clay Thompson fired back on his Instagram stories saying, quote, dang, big baby, this what we on now. I can't wait till I see you on the court next year. I'm calling ISO every time probably get 40, in a quarter with big fella chasing me, end quote. Uh, 
And that's probably true. He probably would, but Glenn Davis is not going to be in the league next year, seeing as how he has been retired since 2015. Um, so yeah, just weird, but that, that all went down with, uh, some big names in the NBA. And I thought I'd bring that up because, uh, Glenn Davis was also referenced in some of the comments that we made with our segment on Carl Malone's comments about Zion Williamson. So there you have it. Weird story. Number one, weird off court beef drama, whatever you want to call it. There it is. And it's basically a big nothing burger, but I thought I'd bring it up anyway. Uh, Story number two, this is a much bigger one, and it involves fans and players. And this is the story of Courtside Karen. Um, Where do we begin? The Lakers were playing in Atlanta against the Hawks. And Atlanta is a team that is allowing fans to attend courtside, uh, believe it or not. So fans were at the game courtside. They played, they paid a pretty penny for those tickets, I would imagine. And apparently there was just some trash talk going on between, um, a a person, a, a man sitting at courtside, uh, and between him and LeBron James specifically, I guess he is not a big, LeBron James fan. His name is Chris Carlos, by the way. Um, And then she decided to get involved as well. Uh, Her name is Juliana Carlos. She came to her husband's defense. I would read you the quote that she gave about this incident uh, on her own Instagram stories, but it's, it's so laden with the F word and and other bad words that I'm not going to say on this podcast that it's not even worth reading, but I'm going to paraphrase and and just say that she said basically that she doesn't care about LeBron. She doesn't have any issues with LeBron. She's minding her own business, drinking her drink, having fun. All of a sudden LeBron said something to her husband. She saw this, she stood up and she basically just stuck up for her husband and Um, she said that LeBron told her to sit down in more unkind words than that. I have doubts believing her side of this story and specifically what LeBron James said to her because two days later she apologized for this whole incident and for losing her, her temper in this. Um, another part of this is that she pulled her mask down in order to shout at LeBron um, and so anyway, it, it seems that, you know, this in- incident is still being investigated by the team for one thing, but, um, this lady, Juliana Carlos and her husband, and I believe uh, another couple they were with or two other friends in their party were, uh, kicked out of the game, uh, during the game, I guess the, according to LeBron, uh, the referees made that decision. Uh, so after the game, in the post-game interview, LeBron said, at the end of the day, I'm happy fans are back in the building. I don't feel like it was warranted to be kicked out. There was a back and forth between two grown men. We said our piece, he said his piece, I said my piece, and then someone else jumped into it and said their piece. I didn't think they should should have been kicked out, but they might have had a couple drinks maybe, and they could have probably kept it going and the game 
wouldn't have been about the game anymore. So the referees did what they had to do in quotes. That's what LeBron James had to say immediately after the game. So he thinks it was a little bit excessive for them to be kicked out, but apparently the referees made that decision. The bigger news was that LeBron James kind of dunked all over Juliana Carlos on Twitter. He said courtside Karen was mad, mad. Um, and so Twitter blew up about this. It eventually ended with Juliana Carlos again coming out and apologizing for the whole incident. I, Twitter was going nuts with memes about this, things like that. Um, just just all kinds of hashtag courtside Karen memes. I'm sure it, it may still be one of the top trending things on Twitter. Uh, it was so big. So I don't know. I, I guess I just feel... This whole thing obviously is silly. Uh, Juliana Carlos, it turns out, is some type of Instagram model or celebrity or something like that. So this is a ton of publicity for her. I don't I don't know whether that's good publicity or bad. I would imagine it's good. It, it was also reported she had over 80,000 followers, new followers, after this whole incident happened. So, you know, like the old saying goes, any publicity is good publicity. Of course, that's not always true, I would say. But um, yeah, she <laughs> she got a big following. She got a lot of attention from this. If that is what she's into with what she's doing on Instagram, it, it seems to be the case. Um, you know, maybe this is a, a win-win because LeBron gets this slam dunk on Twitter. Um, I will say, I don't know, just to kind of push back on this being a total win from LeBron. It's it's weird to me that he commented, that, and I know she had the bigger outburst in game and, and the announcers kind of made a point of this during the broadcast. She drew more attention to the national audience, but it, it is kind of weird to me that LeBron goes after this lady who apparently is much younger than him. Maybe not. She says she's 25. Um, and, and he doesn't go after her husband, who was the one who started the initial beef, the initial conflict. I don't know. I, I just call me old school or whatever, but it just seems weird to me with, you know, a grown man dunking on a woman like this on social media. Um, and that's not to say that I think Juliana Carlos is a wonderful person or anything like that. I don't know. It, it's just odd to me. And maybe it's just something that, you know, I, I'm too old school minded for uh, this Twitter mentality. I don't know. Let me know what you think about this incident. Uh, this incident. Get back to us at our email or any social media. You guys know where to find us. So anyway, that's some weird off-court drama that happened. We are getting near the end of the show here. One last topic that I do want to cover, and I, I do think it's the biggest story of the week, um, and it is the NBA players reluctance to join in on the all-star game. And with this being inherently the all-star game, this is all stars. Some of the biggest stars in the league, including the biggest star. Someone we just talked about LeBron James, um, going off about, you know, how they, they do not want to play in the all-star game. I'll, I'll pull up, um, 
Mark Stein's article from the New York Times talking about LeBron James here, quote, speaking after he led the Lakers with a triple-double in a nationally televised victory over the Denver Nuggets on Thursday night, James said he had, quote, zero energy and zero excitement, end quote, about flying to Atlanta in the midst of a pandemic for what amounts to an exhibition game. Um, James later said, quote, I don't even understand why we're having an all-star game and in quote from the article. Uh, and James also said he called this idea, quote, a slap in the face, end quote, for players who thought the annual midseason showcase would not take place this season. Uh, so LeBron is very much not on board. He has said earlier that, you know, he's tired. The Lakers had 71 days of rest after winning the championship that happened in the uh, abbreviated bubble season. Um, it's, it's important to also note that this these quotes carried momentum with other stars around the league. So Giannis Antetokounmpo, last year's MVP, two-time reigning MVP, um, said uh, he... Quote, I really, right now, I don't care about the All-Star game. I got zero energy, zero excitement, end quote. Um, so he he echoed, he said, quote, I'm the same way, uh, end quote, in reference to LeBron James. So he's, he's falling in line with the same opinion LeBron James has. Um, other players who echoed these sentiments uh, include Kawhi Leonard, who uh, was the finals MVP, just uh, back in 2019 uh, when the Raptors won their title over the Warriors. Um, And he had this to say, quote, we all know why we're playing it. It's money on the line. It's opportunity to make more money. Just putting money over health right now, pretty much, end quote. Um, And De'Aaron Fox, star point guard from the Sacramento Kings, a guy who might be... um, Granted, his first um, his first all-star appearance uh, just flat out said, quote, it's stupid, end quote. Um, yeah, it, important to note, there were other players um, who did speak in favor of the all-star game, like Zach Levine. I'm just paraphrasing here. I don't have this quote pulled up, but... He, he said that basically the NBA knows what it's doing. Uh, gameplay has been very safe so far. And so he imagines that this game will be safe as well. So there is, I guess, at least a little bit of difference in opinion as far as this goes. Um, but this is this is a problem for the league. Uh, this, this is a problem right now in the optics of how they're dealing with covid um, and holding the all-star game in general, uh, because I, I am someone who I get up for the all-star game, uh, every year. And it's something that Justin, my co-host and I, you know, almost every single year, um, we get together and we watch that stuff. You know, that, that probably wasn't going to happen this year, given everything. Um, but you know, it's, it's a tradition for us. It's something that is really, cemented our fanhood and so for players and especially 
you could argue that the top player in the league, I would say so in terms of looking at a career of all the available active careers, LeBron's is the top by a mile. Um, for him to come out and already express that he doesn't want to be there, he's not excited for it, he has zero energy, just really takes the wind out of the sails for this NBA All-Star game. You know, I hope that the league can rebound and have better all-star messaging when we get closer to this moving forward. But it's it's just hard to see them saving face with this. And the all-star game is going to happen one one way or the other. I mean, it's it's already something that the Players Association has agreed to. It is a huge moneymaker in terms of a TV contract standpoint. So this is something that's going to happen no matter what. So I think it's, you know, I, I respect LeBron's right to his opinion and I respect his honesty about that. But I think from a business standpoint, it's better for the NBA if he has these discussions. I mean, Chris Paul is a close friend of his. He's president of the Players Association. Talk to him. Um, you know, talk with Adam Silver. You you have him on speed dial, I'm sure. And he's going to pick up right away for LeBron James. LeBron has so much power in the league right now. It may even be that depending on how things go, Justin and I talked about last week how things could snowball if a lot of games get canceled. But this is something that it seems like the NBA is, is saying they have a good enough handle on COVID for the game to continue as planned. Um, and so it's something that I guess I just don't understand why LeBron James wants to hurt the brand this way. Um, you know, if, if we are looking statistically at coronavirus in terms of players ages 20 to 29, there's a 0.1% case fatality rate, 0.1%. So not 1%, 0.1% case fatality range for that age bracket for 30 to 39. So what would be LeBron James's age range? There's a 0.3% case um, fatality rate, case fatality rate, excuse me. Uh, so, I mean, the chances of something horrible occurring from this all-star game, next to none, next to none. If, if we are just looking at the data, and many people would say that, you know, we can't we can't consider that on its own. Um, you know, we have to just think that this is an exhibition game. This is a useless game. Why are we playing this game? It doesn't matter at all. I disagree. I, I think this game matters a lot. I mean, we saw an all-star game, you know, just... Two years ago, with the Elam ending, that was very exciting, for one thing. It's something that brings the fans together, for one thing. It's something that, you know, while a lot of people in America and, of course, around the world are struggling, you know, media has been deemed an essential job because of, in part, staying informed, of course, for one thing, when we think of things like the news, but in part because of entertainment and something that we talked about on the show before, which is mental health. And this is something that can provide relief to people. And it's sad to me that that the players, not not all players, can't generalize, of course, but the star players listed in that article there um, don't have any sense of, of that from what I have seen in 
in the quotes that I read. I mean, there's no, no sense of, you know, I know that things are really tough for people out there. Some people don't have their jobs. I mean, I believe we, we are well over 40 million people unemployed throughout this. Um, so, you know, I, I just think there are ways that the NBA players, I guess, could have been more relatable in their comments on this. Um, so I don't know. I know a lot of people will disagree with that take, but there it is. I, I think these players get tested before the game. These players get tested before arriving in the building. You know, there are going to be so many safeguards put up. I mean, do you think Adam Silver wants both like Kevin Durant and LeBron James to get coronavirus during this event? Do you think he wants all of his, um, you know, best business assets as star players in the NBA? Do you think he wants them from a business standpoint getting sick at this all-star game? No way. I, I think there are going to be huge precautions taken for this game. Um, you know, I'd also like to note that, um, you know, Justin and I were kind of talking about maybe they just do the game and no skills challenges. Uh, apparently there's going to be the game. There's going to be the three point contest, the dunk contest and a skills challenge is, is what I read today. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, but I, I do think the danger to the players has been overblown by fear in the media. These guys are some of the healthiest people around. Of course, if they do have pre-existing conditions that we're unaware of, obviously I'm, I'm not looking at their medical records. I don't have access to that. Um, so if there are conditions like that, you know, then, then that's a different consideration and they need to um, voice those concerns with their team, with their organization, with Adam Silver the commissioner and make sure that they are not at that game. But assuming these players, I mean, we know they are healthy body weight. Um, we know they are some of the fittest people in the world. So very, very low risk when it comes to coronavirus. Um, so anyway, I, I can go in circles about that for a long time. I don't want to. We're all sick of talking about coronavirus. I, I'm excited the game is happening. I'm a little bummed out that the players have taken the wind out of this and made it seem like this is um, just really a huge burden for them to carry to do something that is is in their contract and that the Players Association agreed to. I don't know. So anyway, I, I'm rambling at this point. If you made it to this point and you listened this far into the podcast, I greatly appreciate you doing that. Please keep in mind, you can get in touch with us. We have a YouTube channel if you want to check out shorter bits of the show as well as our interview content. We have a really exciting interview coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk about the 90s Knicks. Uh, you will see that in the feed very soon. Following that interview, we'll probably get that up on Monday. This you'll be listening to on Sunday. Follow us on social media. Let us know your thoughts. Email is hoopsologypod at gmail.com. If you want to send us any feedback, please consider giving us a rating on the iTunes store. Really helps us out. Five-star rating, if we can earn that from you, would be great. Take care. Have a great start to your week. We'll talk to you again next week, and Justin will be back. Peace.